Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we're with Dr. Barbara Hinojosa, author of Are You a 10? The 10 Characteristics of a Servant Leader, and assistant professor at Our Lady of the Lake University. And today we're going to dive into the ins and out of conflict management. So thanks for joining the show today, Barbara. Well, thank you so much for having me. Now, why is conflict such a common thing seen in today's workplaces? So conflict is actually just a natural thing that happens when two or more people get together. And so in any workplace these days, we work with other people. There's not too many occupations that we're just working on our own. So where there are two or more, there will be conflict. Now, what kind of impact does conflict have on the workplace since it seems like workplaces are just rife with conflict left and right? First of all, I think the premise out there, the the widely thought is that conflict is bad. And really, Mm -hmm. researchers are telling us that conflict, if it's managed appropriately, really is not a bad thing because conflict can help us think outside the box. It can help us problem solve. It can help us move forward. Many organizations where you don't find too much conflict, or if you don't find any conflict at all, those are just organizations that are not moving very quickly. And Mm -hmm. so conflict really isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is something that has to be managed. And so mismanaged conflict probably is not good for an organization. All right. Well, now that we know that conflict necessarily isn't a bad thing, let's talk about the sources of conflict. Now, in your opinion, what is the true main cause of conflict in the workplace? I definitely think there's all kinds of different types of conflict. I think most conflict starts as what we call substantive. It's a difference of opinion. You and I disagree about tasks or policies. Maybe we disagree about procedures or something related to our business. But what happens is many times that conflict moves very quickly to what we call affective conflict, which is really now about emotions. So what we may start with disagreeing about something of substance, a policy, a procedure, what have you, it moves so quickly to now I'm upset because of the way you looked at me or the way you talked to me, you hurt my feelings, you didn't make me feel worthy. And so that's a whole nother issue. And I think it's very, very common. People will say they've been in conflict with someone, maybe a family member, maybe a friend for many, many years. And we'll say, well, what was the root? What started the conflict? And they don't even remember. And that's an example of a conflict that's gone from substantive to affective. What we have to make sure we try to manage at the workplace are our emotions. And so we've got to try to really hard to keep our emotions out of our conflicts so that we can better manage them and keep them just at the substantive level. And how would you go about keeping those emotions out of the conflict? I think that's especially for individuals who are new to the workforce, maybe fresh out of college where they still haven't mastered that. Do you have any recommendations for really just managing those emotions and kind of keeping them um, where they need to be and for a proper time and place? First of all, if we just avoid conflict, if we just pretend it doesn't exist, that's actually the most common way to make the conflict worse. Okay. And so there is a researcher named George Kohlreiser, and he writes a whole book called Hostage at the Table, and he says, conflict is like a fish, if you will. That's his metaphor. It's a, it's a dead fish. And so we've got to many times put the fish on the table. We've got to bring the conflict to life. We've got to talk about it. We've got to discuss it in order to manage it. 
if we keep it under the table and act like it's not there, then the fish is going to start rotting. It's going to start smelling. And that substantive conflict that we talked about then goes to affective because we never, we never got it. We never hashed it out, if you will. We never discussed it. And so in order for us to really get good at that, at really talking to other people about conflict, we've got to have some of these leadership skills that we've talked about before when we talked about servant leadership. The ability to listen to people and have empathy, those two characteristics of a servant leader are so critical to managing conflict in the workplace. If we're not really good at listening, then we may not even ever really understand what the conflict is. And so we've got to really hone in on those skills, really work on them and try to make them better. We've got to be able to empathize with people, which means I don't really necessarily have to agree with you, but I have to try to understand where you're coming from. I've got to try to figure out your perspective and understand why that's your perspective. And then I think one of the other characteristics of a servant leader that helps us with conflict management, well, actually two more, is awareness and persuasion. Okay. We have to be aware that there is conflict that needs to be managed. And so, we, again, we can't just put our head in the sand and pretend that the conflict doesn't, it doesn't exist. But then we've got to really use our persuasion skills as leaders to not just go around dictating to people how they should feel or how they should behave or how they should just get over it. We've got to really use our persuasion skills to help people understand how important they are to the organization and, in fact, how important conflict and the management of it is to the organization. Now, when you're managing conflict, who's really responsible for handling that? We've talked a lot about how you should communicate and just kind of like the individual who had the, um, you put the fish on the table and just talk about Mm -hmm. it. Now, is there any reason to really get a manager involved? Or when you're in the workplace, you're professional, everyone's professional, you should really just deal with it yourselves? Oh, absolutely. I think we need to deal with it ourselves because it's, It goes back to that idea of leadership. We all like to say it's the boss's problem, but really leadership belongs to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so we are all leaders. And so these are things that I think we can manage. I think conflict may get to a certain level at times where you do need someone to mediate. And it doesn't have to be the boss. It could just be a colleague, but someone to mediate the communication. Because when affective conflict gets too high, our emotions are such that we really can't hear at that point. We Mm -hmm. can't we're really not able to listen to each other very well. And so we might need someone to come in and help mediate that. Yeah. Okay. And how would you go about recruiting someone to mediate a conflict? I can't imagine that's necessarily the most comfortable place to be. And, (laughs) you know, when you are mediating a conflict, what role do you have? And how do you kind of ensure that in the end, a peaceful resolution is kind of brought about? Your first question, finding a mediator really does take us back to how well we build relationships, which takes us back to to leadership. So how well do we build relationships with others in the workplace? And so there should be that person that we really admire and respect because they're able to manage their emotions, because they're, they can be objective, but also because we have a relationship in where, where they can tell me if I've done something wrong and they can tell me in a way that won't hurt my feelings, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. But if we are the mediator in the workplace, we're that person that people come to, so that, and that's a true sign of leadership. But if we're that person, we need to first understand that there's many reasons why people feel conflict, affective conflict in the workplace. And some of it is things like loss of attachment. People can feel like they don't know how they're connected to the work that's happening in the workplace. They need to be reconnected. They need to be reintegrated into 
the meeting of the vision and the mission of the organization. There's mm-hmm. also this idea of loss of territory. People sometimes feel like they just don't know where they belong in a workplace. And so that mediator and that colleague can help with this is where you belong and this is how important you are. And then we, we have loss of structure. Sometimes we just don't understand what our role, we call it role ambiguity in the research world. I don't understand what my role is. And sometimes I may overstep my role, which Mm -hmm. then causes conflict with with someone else. So I think that we need to also understand that. We also need to understand that some people just have this loss of meaning. They don't understand what the point is anymore. And so we've got to refocus those people also. And many times it's a matter of, of coming back to what is the vision and the mission of the organization why are we here and why is our job important? And I think those are all really good suggestions. Is And, you know, when you get to that point in conflict where it's all about the emotions and everything's running rampant and out of check, that mediator really has an important role. In today's workplace, we're all very interconnected with technology. So would you recommend having all, the dis- all of these discussions face-to-face and And what happens when that's just not possible when there's, you know, one colleague who's halfway across the world and there's still conflict going on? How do you manage it then? Well, I think that some of the same strategies that we use face-to-face, I think face-to-face is usually always the best way to manage conflict, but it certainly isn't the only way. Mm -hmm. I think we need to balance reason and emotion. Okay. When our emotions overwhelm our reason, we just don't work well with other people. So we start there. And then I think we need to understand each other. We need to show some empathy. And then I think we need to communicate well. And I I often use the term over communicate, Mm -hmm. whether that's by email or that's by phone or text, or we just need to over communicate and continue the dialogue so that the conflict can be managed. We've got to be reliable and honest. That's part of that ability to establish relationships with others in the workplace. And we've got to really go back to that persuasion instead of coercing. Mm -hmm. We've got to really try to convince people instead of just kind of forcing our ideas upon them. Okay. What are some common challenges that people face when they're trying to effectively manage conflict in the workplace? Some of the dysfunctional outcomes of conflict are things that things like job stress, Mm-hmm. If we're not able to really manage conflict in the workplace, we're going to see workers who are just stressed out, who are burned out, who are maybe even dissatisfied with their jobs. I think some of the other dysfunctional outcomes are communication is just broken down or reduced. We just we don't see a lot of communication between people. And we tend to see climates of distrust okay. and suspicion, which we, we know will not help our organization move forward. I think that relationships are damaged and job performance can certainly be reduced. And then I think we build this resistance to change and we're, we kind of teeter-totter with organizational commitment and loyalty when conflict really hasn't been managed. On the other hand, I think there are some functional outcomes of a conflict that if it is managed appropriately, and we, I think every leader needs to learn those skills and really focus on managing conflict. Some of the functional outcomes can be that it stimulates innovation and creativity and change. Mm -hmm. Um, The conflict could provide an alternative way of doing things that really it was time for. I think organizational decision-making processes can obviously be improved as a result of conflict. Some alternative solutions to problems can be found. And I think conflict can produce 
synergy. It can kind of allow everybody to feel like they do have a voice in the organization. I think because of that, we can see individual and group performances enhanced and increased. I think we can see more commitment to the organization and, and more loyalty to the, to the vision and the mission. Now, it seems like healthy conflict can really help an organization grow and thrive. So what can an employer do to ensure that their employees are effectively managing conflict? Are there any resources out there for employees and employers or courses or things that, you know, employees can attend to really learn how to better effectively manage their conflict? Well, I know there's a number. Our organization provides conflict management training. I think there's a number of training modules out there. But I think there's also just the basic leadership training, I think, is essential because that will promote the communication. Mm -hmm. I also think there's some things to keep in mind when we are looking at how do we train our, our people? How do we establish a culture of healthy conflict? I think we need to subscribe to some of, some of these ideas that we should never be creating an enemy, that conflict really is never about the person. The problem should never be about the person. They should be about the issue. Okay. And then I think we need to maintain a sincere desire to help each other, to help each other reach our goals, our personal and professional goals. And then I think we just, as leaders and organizations, need to make sure that our employees are not hijacked by emotions, if you will, so that mm -hmm. this conflict doesn't just take over and really hijack our employees and keep them from being able to get their jobs done. Now, we are unfortunately running out of time today, but I did want to give you the floor here at the end of the show to share any final pieces of advice with our listeners about how to effectively manage their conflict in the workplace. Okay, thank you so much for your time. My last thought is that I think conflict can be a good thing. And I think leaders must understand that conflict can be a major source of creativity and a potential for innovation. And with that final piece of advice, we will close out today's show on Employment Notebook. So I just want to thank Barbara for joining us and sharing her advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much. To find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with Algerian Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your career. 